welcome to the Girl Woman Podcast. I'm Brie. And I'm Chelsea. And this podcast is all about navigating the intersectionality of Black female adulthood. So sit back, grab a drink, and join us as we discuss the treasure and the trash of being grown Black women in these streets. We're opening up each episode with a check-in. So today we have a special guest, Sky Latimer. She's Oklahoma's greatest hope dealer, a social media marketing maven, and our favorite choreographer and hype queen. Thank you, Sky Yance, for joining us. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us how you do this. <laughs> With the cheers in the background. What's up, got third. What's up? Um, I am Sky. I am all the things mentioned. I am also um, wifey to Superman. I am mama to Cal Rain. And y'all, COVID with a toddler, just... <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> the diapers, the teething, the mood swing. Like, it's, it's a whole entire lifestyle <laughs> that we're dealing with here. Um, plus, you know... I work full time, you know, I have my side hustles and things like that. It is, uh, it, it is. Mm. March on, march on, sis. <laughs> march on. <laughs> Brie, how you doing, sis? You know what? Uh, she is tired and she is me. You know, um, I'm ready to get, I, it's crazy because I feel like I'm ready to get back into some kind of building. I guess I just, I, once again, I don't know, like this COVID situation, even though they're loosening the restrictions and stuff like that, it's just still weird not being able to go to the places that you want to go. You know what I mean? Do the things that you want to do and be in a space that you want to be. But, you know, safety. Chelsea? What's good? <sighs> um, I feel you on, want, well, maybe not wanting to be back in the building, but wanting to be back to some type of normal. Um, yeah. I am finally at a place where I am at peace with the new productivity level that I'm working at. Um, but I'm also, I miss my friends. I miss brunch. I miss going wherever the heck I want to go and not having to check and see if it's open or check what the requirements are, make sure I have a full stash of gloves and masks in my car or like go to the grocery store and be able to buy cleaning supplies to just clean my house, not because I'm trying to spray random people if they try to talk to me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm ready for some normalcy, um, but I'm okay, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Bro, I'll be, in the, um, I'll be a ninja in the store, dude. Right. I'm like, ready. Hey. Like, I will <laughs> somebody in the throat. Get out my space, bro. There you was somebody standing mad, right behind me yesterday. And David and I both, like, looked back. Mm-hmm. I like, know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you realize you, you were close. <laughs> and you should not be, right? Please back up. Um, so yeah, I, I'm ready for that to be over. There have been a few times that people have been standing so close to me that I'm just like, what, what, are you in a hurry? Would you like to go before me? Because I am social distancing. Right. You seem like you're not. 
Right. Yeah. Like clearly he got somewhere to count to ten and back back. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a step with each second. <laughs> People be busy. I don't know why. What you rushing them to go back home? <laughs> I don't know. And this whole people talking about a mask is an infringement on my first amendment right. Ooh, I didn't yes. Um, but anyway, let's get into our main topic of the day. So each episode, we sit down for cocktails and conversations where we mix up a drink of choice and dive into the episode's main topic. So let's get into cocktails and conversations. And since Skyonce's here, our <laughs> guest of honor, woo, 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 woo. Bye, we're going to have her introduce this week's drink what we got Sky? what we do what we sipping on so this we're recording on memorial day right so it's a monday yeah yeah margarita monday um and legend has it that this margarita that i make may or may not have gotten a few people pregnant i don't know in the same night <laughs> i don't listen it was single day night I, I don't know, but that's what that's what they say. So anyway, uh, so I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm just a margarita right now. <laughs> as long as Sky didn't pour it, you're fine. <laughs> I'm not ready. Looking at Sky's house, it's Margarita Monday. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and drink some water. I think I need some water today. Yes. Babe, you want some water? You need some water. But if you and I see tequila around sky, I run. (laughs) But did you die? Mm. I almost died that one. (laughs) Chelsea's like, yes. Yes. Sky is the only person in my 27 years of life. I have never been drunk to the point of passing out, puking, (laughs) not being able to get home. Sky broke that record for me. Wow. One drink. With one drink. One drink. Though she may be small, she is mighty and so are her drinks. Yes, she is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this margarita, first of all, this is a frozen margarita. If you get that like like the green margarita mix off the shelf, just, just throw it away. You're doing yourself a disservice. This is super simple. A few ingredients. Um, so it's based on however many people you're making it for, right? Um, okay. Okay. Instead of that green little mix that they powder. put up the shelf, yeah. Green baby powder. Green tub of just like, it's got to be just like straight lime juice and fructose corn syrup. High corn syrup. Like, it's terrible. It's so terrible. And it tastes like chalk. I've never understood why people like it. It gets my throat chalky. Like, y'all, how you drink something wet that makes you, you dry? <laughs> how do they, they do that? You know what? I feel like you just went to a place, and I don't want to touch it. We don't let, we don't let it slide. Come on, Sky. Okay, so for this margarita, you're going to need your tequila of choice. Um, I recommend Patron, but you can use, you know, gold, silver, you know, just make sure that agave is in it uh, or that's made from agave. Uh, so you're going to need your tequila of choice. You're going to need ice. Um, pro tip, if you use crushed ice or like a, 
a sonic ice, if that is um, in your region, um, that makes it blend better. It gives you like perfect consistency. Um, You're going to need lime frozen from concentrate. You just get that in your frozen section uh, around near the ice cream in the the grocery store. Uh, You are going to need triple sec. Don't sleep on the triple sec, y'all. It is equally... (laughs) Not triple sex. Triple sec. (laughs) That's where the babies come in. (laughs) You see, you know, I was about to say, you know what, that's why she's getting people pregnant right here, right here. Lord, baby, Jesus. There is alcohol in triple sex, so don't sleep on it. That's a crucial um, ingredient. Um, and uh, your your cute little margarita glass of choice. Um, so I looked up, like, the ingredients um, and, like, the actual recipe, and it just, none of it was right to the way that I make it. And so essentially in your blender, whether it's a personal blender or a, a, a big normal blender, um, in your kitchen, if you're like me, you have like big spoons and little spoons, big spoons for like cereal and ice cream, little spoons for like, for, for like babies. I don't, I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> Mine are hidden in the back of the cabinet. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I mean, I use this sometimes if all the big, if the big ones are dirty and I don't feel like they're delicious, yeah. But otherwise, it's a waste of space. Like, what am I going to do with this? Like, y'all think that a spoon is a spoon. If I find a spoon, it is a good day. And I'm going to eat my cereal or my yogurt with my spoon. Y'all better stop me <laughs> Y'all are creeping. Shout out, look at Shout out to all my teaspoon users. Don't let them play y'all with the teaspoon. Y'all need no big So anyway, um, if you are making your drink, I take one of my big spoons. I scoop out two scoops of the lime concentrate. um, And then my tequila and triple sec ratios are essentially um, a shot of each per person, um, equal parts equal parts triple sec um and so take your shot glass fill it up dump it in if you're doing one person one shot of each that's the baseline but if you really want to have a good time the baseline you know add in a little bit more you know just pour them both in there i'm gonna um, say i'm gonna go on a limb and say that on may the 5th 2019 2018 right um <laughs> A little extra was used. <laughs> so, I mean, I I was entertaining, you know, and I had people over to the house. And so, you know, what's the I mean, she did such a good job. They was ready to get home. <laughs> you know, what's the difference between eight shots and ten shots when everybody... I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of difference. You're right, you're right. That's a, a lot of difference to me. You know what I mean? I'm not making... <laughs> Eight to ten shots. I just want y'all to know. You can give me a good five. Well, you know, when the outside is that right. open for the same people in the world, we know who we, we, we headed to when outside. We gonna, yeah, we're gonna have to try this out. <laughs> I just want to point make it sure out. my birth control is ready to handle. <laughs> I just want to point out something to the audience. Don't ask black people for how much they put in stuff because we don't know. Sure. We just wait for we wait we for the answer to say that's enough, child. 
Yeah, we don't we don't do half a teaspoon, half a cup. We don't know what that means, y'all. No. So when, when you ask us for you know ingredients, you know you just gotta watch us make it. You know we we do stuff till it tastes good. You know. Yeah, you gotta check the color. You gotta check the color. <laughs> we know what color it's supposed to be. And it's just, where do where do it hit in the line in the cup where where did it hit yeah. in the line in the bowl? You know what or I mean. You, you use your top of your pinky, your first line on your pinky. You check the you rice water level. You better use the pinky level. <laughs> Listen. Also, don't forget. If you are putting salt or sugar on the rim, coat that rim with tequila and then put the salt and sugar on it. You get another. Ooh, that's a pro pro tip. I've never thought of that. Secret. <laughs> Come on, I'm gonna have to go ahead and try that. <laughs> Come on. You like me a little sugar? I don't do that salt. <laughs> <laughs> a little half and half is fun. I didn't even do half and half of nothing. Okay, come on. You know what, Scott? We I like it. Have, when outside open up, we're going to have a little house warming, house party, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Delicious. Corona cookout. Listen, they already having them outside. Not so distancing. They already yeah. have them. <laughs> Our, ours is going to be an FDA approved <laughs> Corona cookout. CDC approved. Yes. <laughs> When they when they start opening government buildings and stuff, that's where y'all see me outside. Until then, even then, I'm gonna wait a couple weeks. Right. <laughs> well, let's go, Margarita. go ahead and segue from the margarita we talk about margaritas talk about the rona i want to segue back into the rona you guys know we talked about it how we feeling about how being in the rona how some of us are tired some but some big things have happened some some of the biggest things have happened to these two ladies that i am speaking with right now dreams have been cut and i just i want to get into it because we didn't get into it the first time we talked, Charles. Like you had your wedding canceled, and Sky, you have had a business that you put your sweat, tears, hard work into something that you've been so passionate about. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I I saw a stat um, or in any of the million of Zoom calls that I've been on in the past few weeks. Um, it said something crazy like Oklahoma City is made up of like 54% small businesses. Um, and um, a lot of these small businesses and nonprofits are really struggling or they are just casualties of um, the coronavirus. Um, and so Studio 7 is one of those places um, I have taught dance there for um, about six seasons. Um, I've been teaching dance there since before I got married in 2015. Um, And um, 
it is such a special place. Um, it's one of the few places that as adults, we can go and make friends. <laughs> um, it's so much less about dancing and it's more about community and connection. Um, and it, um, it really sucks um, to just be frank that it's one of the places um, that will no longer be around when things return to quote unquote normal. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, I kind of hope that they don't, you know, um, I was listening to y'all's first two episodes, um, the other day and, you know, th the amount of things that we had on our plates, the amount of things that we were engaged in, I hope that we don't go back to that. Um, and as much as I miss the outside world, I am, uh, I agree with you hardcore extrovert. Um, I love being around people. I recharge around people. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I hope that we don't go back to that, but um, Studio 7 was a very special place and um, our city and our community um, will be facing a huge loss um, from that not being there. Um, it's one of the few places in the city where women of all socioeconomic backgrounds, of all ethnicities, all body sizes, all abilities, all ages can come together. You know, it it is not uncommon for me to have people on the dance floor with me from 18 to, you know, damn near 60, um, moving their bodies and just finding joy and freedom in dance whether they have never danced before or whether they've been dancing their entire life or if they danced for 15 years and they're returning to it 10 years later. <clears throat> um, you know, it's um, it was such a cool space. It will always be an amazing space. And I don't know if Studio 7 will ever pop up in another city somewhere or somewhere else um, around town. Do you think it's not going to come back? Like they have no plans of... No, you know, not not to my knowledge. And I okay. mean, you know, rent is expensive. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> Having a brick and mortar and stuff is expensive. Um, and so <clears throat> um, I think that this will also not I think I really hope that this will also allow a lot of um you know, uh, building owners and real estate people and things like that. I hope that that will allow them to rethink um their contracts because mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> i know that you know some of these places they're in you know multi-year contracts and things like that and if we have another outbreak in the fall then right. then what we're it's not just the business that's out of money it's you that's out of money too um so <clears throat> anyway uh it was heavy um talk a little bit more like just your how you went about processing this and like what it was like to know that it was closing and going through this the stages of grief really um, what that's been like for you. um yeah so when we first started talking about it um leadership the johnsons and our entire staff, um, when we start, first found out that it could even be a possibility, um, there was some processing that began then, but it was like, no, God has always provided for this space. And, you know, God's got this space. This is holy ground. We'll be fine. We'll come out of this. We might take a break for a few months, but, you know, that's it. <clears throat> 
And then um, we kept talking about it, kept praying about it. We fasted about it. Um, and then Stacy called a meeting with um, me, the adult program director, and Jordan, the kids program director. And she broke the news to us. And um, <clears throat> uh, it was hard. Um, I just... I, I let the words wash over me as she said it. Um, and from that moment on, even when, you know, Mills came in and saw me sobbing, um, Mills is my husband. Um, when he came in and saw me sobbing, I couldn't even like, I couldn't choke or vocalize the words at all yet. Um, I, I think I just said something like it's over, like dance is over or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and so that was the, the first kind of blow. And then um, a few days or five days or so pass, and we had a meeting with all of the team and she broke the news to the rest of the team. And we as a team had, you know, Stacy, our owner, she is um, a licensed professional counselor. And so we had the opportunity to just share our hearts on um, what we think about the studio, what the studio has done for us, um, if we were just pissed and angry or if we were completely okay with it whatever we felt we just had a safe space to share with each other and, and with the counselor which is amazing um and so each person just went through and kind of said their piece and um I was one of the last people to go and um I basically just said you know <clears throat> when I first met Stacy she had this beautiful purple hair um and when you see Stacy you can't tell if she is latina or hawaiian or black or like what she is you have no idea yeah um, i didn't have a clue no i didn't know until very recently i was just like <laughs> like i know and i still don't know she's <laughs> <laughs> just one of those women that yeah just affects you in such a a way that it doesn't even matter you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Um, so I told her that, you know, I had met her and then I had came to a class and I started teaching classes there. And her husband, Chris, would come around. And he would always mess with me. And I was like, who is this dude who thinks he is so cool, who is always like messing with me and like doing stuff and interrupting my classes? Um, but he ended up like being so cool. Um, you know, my dad passed away when I was really young. <clears throat> and so to have a dance dad in that capacity was such a beautiful opportunity for me um, to have him there. And then I just um, began to speak about all the things that we conquered on the dance floor. You know, there were women who would come into our space who by the end of our class, whether it was their first time or their 30th time, they would come to me after class and they would say, you know, I, I, um, I'm dealing with depression today. I had a miscarriage last week, or I just moved here and I have no one, or I have cancer. I'm getting divorced. I'm this, I'm that. I like insert anything that women of all colors and creeds go through. Um, we danced through that um, on that dance floor. And so um, I ended my words to the team with, you know, as you leave this space um, and as we um, separate from the space, know that 
at the end of the day, dance was so minimal in what we did. We helped people process their pain and their trauma. Um, and, and in that, find their joy, find their freedom, find their creativity, their expression, um, or just get a damn good workout. Like, it doesn't matter what class you were yeah. in. Ooh, I ain't sweating, boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chelsea was actually the one who introduced me to Studio 7. Mm-hmm. I was in, I think I was off at the time, Mondays and Tuesdays, when I moved to Oklahoma City. And I was just, like, looking for something to do on a Monday night. I was like, what? is going on in this city on a Monday night. And uh, Chelsea invited us to me and another friend to your class on Monday night. And I was like, what I, I mean, I've never felt more empowered is the word that I'm looking for in a class because like it wasn't about dance. It was just knowing that there are people there who from all walks of life, it didn't matter what we were going through, but like you said, like we would just dance through it and you hyped us up in such a way. I mean, talk about feeling like a queen in a class <laughs> and just feeling so much community and so much sisterhood in the space. I appreciate everything that you did and everything that you do and everything that you continue to do for the community of Oklahoma City. Thank you. Um, I receive that. That's um those words of life and healing are part of my process for sure. Yeah. Um, so after that conversation with the entire staff, um, then it came to announce um, to the rest of our dance family, uh, which Stacey did that um, uh, through social media video that her and Chris made. Um, so that was a whole nother uh, just kind of like, oh, turn of the dagger um, in my spirit. And then it came. Um, so I teach on Mondays and Saturdays. Mondays is my regular hip hop class. Saturday is my hip hop fitness class. Um, and then last week came my last hip hop class, my last Monday class. Um, and we danced to Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson. And um <clears throat> It was, it was beautiful. Um, it was um, an opportunity for us to be reminded that, you know, we are a part of a rhythm nation, of a movement nation, of the Studio 7 family, um, and to go out in a big, beautiful way. Um, and I just reminded them, I try to, I always pray at the beginning of class, and I always try to remind them to take what they have learned from this um, class, whether it's the lyrics or a movement that we did, like take that with them into their, um, into their personal and professional development, take that with them into their homes as their, as spouses, as moms, as students, as whatever, um, take that confidence, courage, creativity, whatever it is, take that with you. Um, and so I just encourage them to take the spirit of studio seven with them and whether they ever dance at a studio again, um, or if, um, this is the last time that they dance in a studio capacity that um, that they still should be movement, uh, that they still should be moving, that there still should be movement, whether they transition to yoga or they just dance in their homes. But um, dance is so healing. It's so therapeutic. Um, and life is still going to continue to be hard without this space. Um, so that was, um, I feel like that was kind of the, icing on the cake that I had grieved and my soul was 
crushed. I think I went through just a solid week of just random outbursts of crying all day, every day, which is really hard when you have a toddler <laughs> who wants to do <laughs> on you all the time. He's crying, you're crying, we all crying. Yes. <laughs> like or he's like ready to go outside and she's yes. crying. <laughs> yes. I'm like, let's ride bikes. Let's take a bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> um so well, I think it's important, like you said, um, dance is healing. And as I was thinking back on well, which I can't believe four years that I was dancing at Studio Seven. Um when the news broke, I started I started thinking about that. And every major event in my life over the past four years, whether happy or sad, Studio Seven was the place that I went to dance that out. Um we danced through breakups and job craziness and uh, I mean everything from the sexual harassment that I was racing at work for over two years to getting a new job and getting engaged and getting married and so it's just like there isn't an evolution of me as an adult in the past four years without studio seven um so it's it's still not I don't think it's completely sucked in for me personally um I'm still very much like no there's just no way like surely something crazy is gonna happen and it's gonna pop up again there's gonna be another studio like there's just no way (laughs) um but I I think in everything that's been said it it being the seventh year and, and God's perfect number and um nothing catches God by surprise. And that is a sacred space. It is a holy space and he has always blessed it. And even if the doors close, I know that there will be other doors and windows opening uh, to be greater. So I look forward to seeing what happens next. Um, I know you as a choreographer are not done. Um, I know you as a hype woman and encourager of women um, are nowhere near done. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. And it, so yeah, I, I mean, knowing who you are and who all of the dance teachers are, um, and who Stacy is, I, I know that it's not. Maybe it's a end of a chapter, but it's definitely not over. So, um, shout out to Studio Seven. Shout out to Stacy Johnson, uh, Stacy and Chris um, for your obedience um, and welcoming so many souls into that space for seven years. And healing yeah. people. Um, yeah. After my last class, I sent them both a text. Was like, you know, this um, this dance floor that you guys literally built with your hands. Um, I left one last puddle of tears in that holy space, um, and so now I'm I'm ready to release it essentially with you guys um so yeah i feel that it's it's definitely not over um and god is only going to make more capacity for us i have no idea what i will do next i don't know if i will ever teach again studio was studio seven was such a a special place and the leadership was so incredible um i think that i would just be too much like well stacy in this situation would not have letting it got this far (laughs) Be too like too bitter, like too, too compared. 
when you have like such a great boss and it's such a connection. Yes. It don't matter what walk of life you're in need of, but well, what's the name wouldn't have had me out here looking crazy today. At my last studio. <laughs> if this was, was my last job, we did this. <laughs> well, God said, yes, come on, you better preach. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I, I think the last thing that I am kind of like wrapping up in my spirit is just um, my last Saturday class will be this coming week. And then I'm I'm not dancing. I'm not even thinking about dancing or for at least like three months. I'm giving myself three months at least. Um, but I also I um, I feel every day when I get dressed, I like go past my Studio 7 shirts and I just need to just put them away for a little while and not see those shirts. Um that reflect every season that we've been through or our staff retreats or, you know, whatever. I, um, I think that would be my final goodbye to studio seven. Um, and then, and then I think I will be good. <laughs> so what's next on the agenda? <sighs> like, you don't know. We just... I guess we can just talk about, you know, my Your wedding? Your wedding. Your um, wedding. Speaking of dreams. So, uh, yes. And things yeah. we think about when we are young children. Right. Um, Walking down the And Rona was the person who stood up when, when the preacher asked. Before he even asked, girl. Rona didn't even <laughs> let him ask. Before she was like, I object. Anybody... <laughs> Rona is a hater. Let me tell you. It came in and coughed on your whole life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so for those of that you of you that don't know, I just got married. Um, wow, two months ago. <laughs> that in the building. Like two months ago. That's crazy to think about. It's been two months already. Um, it feels like just yesterday, but it also feels like so long ago just because of all the crap. Um, but yeah, like the week. So let's see. Ten days before our wedding day, um, there was an incident with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and there was a jazz player that was sick and like coughing all over equipment, coughing all over people, like making fun of it, saying he had friends, just like joking. Um, but then he ended up testing positive and that was the night that the NBA shut down. Um, and it was like a bomb dropped in Oklahoma City. Like overnight, there was no cleaning products in the stores. I mean, I was getting texts from people. Yeah, like it was crazy, and it was just like, like I'm not even there right now. Yeah, there's a guy. What's crazy. going on? Cause <laughs> right, because you're in the news. Like, I know yeah. y'all read that post last month. Yeah, I started getting like, of course, I have ESPN app because I'm a sports fan, but um, um, but I. I just did not know what was going to happen. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not a big deal. Like, it's just the NBA. Haha. Um, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe our wedding's okay. So um, the next morning, 
we or I went to work and we were just continuing like normal and something in my spirit it was just not resting and I couldn't focus at work like it was just like like there it was just like I, I kept hearing like check on the wedding wedding, wedding. so I get to work do a couple hours of work. Like I had talked to a coworker earlier that day and I had just been like, you know, um, we don't know what this means for the wedding, but like we were kind of just like joking about it. Like it'll be fine, you know? Um, so like Thursday goes by, I couldn't sleep that night. I remember having like these crazy dreams about the wedding. And like for anybody who's ever been married, or had a big wedding, like the, the month and or even two months before the wedding, you start having dreams about the wedding. Um, so it was like, I was having dreams about the wedding like every other night. Um, but this night particular, that Thursday night, I kept having dreams specifically about the wedding thing, canceling on us. And so like, I got no sleep that night. Friday came around, Friday morning, um, my coworker kind of checked in on me and she was like, hey, how's everything going? How are you feeling? And I was like, I'm super stressed, like barely going to sleep. I don't know what's going to happen. So I get to my desk and it's like eight. Um, after I talked to her, it was about eight o'clock. So I get in before her. Um, so around about eight o'clock, I was just like still feeling super uneasy to the point where it was like, I could hear my heart beat. <laughs> Um, so I text my wedding coordinator. Um, shout out to you, Namored Events. I text my wedding coordinator and I said, hey, can you just check in with the wedding? And it's like maybe 8 30, 9 o'clock around that time that I text her. So she emails the wedding venue. And by 11 o'clock, I get an email and I saw that it was my venue. And I just shut my door and I just sat in my seat and I just like prayed. I was like, God. Yes, whatever it is, fix it. And so before I even opened it, I was like, I'm just going to pray now, whatever it is, like melt in your hands, make it happen. Um, so I opened the um, email and my heart dropped to my toes. And the wedding venue said, basically, sorry, we're forced. Um, if you want a refund, let us know, but we cannot have your wedding. So now it's eight days before my wedding. And yes, I want that refund. Um, yeah, I want that refund. Um, but the crazy part was like, there would have been no refund for at least a few months because they were already closed. The unit is part of the university. So the university was closed. Bursar wasn't giving nobody no refund. I would, I still to this day wouldn't have a refund because it haven't been open all day. Um, so even if a refund was coming, it wouldn't come in time for me to book another venue. So like Friday, 11 o'clock, I get that email. I'm at work and I walk to my boss's office and I have like one tear going down my face and I was like, keep it together. That's that. Caroline, I don't have a wedding venue. It's up here that dropped from your ass. Right. I was like, I gotta go home. I don't have a wedding venue. I need to go figure this out. She was like, go. (laughs) 
So I like grabbed a bunch of work stuff in case I wasn't going to be able to come back to work because I knew like the Corona situation was getting crazy. So I just packed up a bunch of stuff so I could work from home if I needed to. Um, and I mean, this shows you how high pay I am because like I don't have a wedding venue, but I'm over here planning out how I'm going to work for the next few weeks. Um, so I I remember the pack. I'm like, she is one, two, three, four. <laughs> Look, like, I gonna, cleaned I out my... I did anything to rescue your own wedding. It is Chelsea. So let's <laughs> right. just wait until we hear from her. Like, cleaned out my fridge at work because I didn't want food to rot if I wasn't coming back. Like, I had everything under control, let me tell you, other than, you know, having one in you. So I get home, um... And on my way home, I was like, okay, it's a 13-minute drive. I have 13 minutes to fall apart. So I call David, tell him what happened. I'm bawling. He's like, it's okay, babe. We'll get through it. We'll figure it out. And I'm just like distraught. So I get home, wipe my tears, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, So I set up like a whole, like, it was, it was like a command center. I had multiple screens going. I had two different friends that were working off my wedding spreadsheet with me, calling venues, checking them off, writing notes in the margins. Like we were, we had possibly, we probably contacted at least 50 wedding venues within by Friday, by Saturday afternoon. Um, so by Saturday, I had a new venue. Um, all the plans had been transferred to the new venue. Sunday comes around. The mayor made the proclamation that you have to have 50 people. So we were like, okay. So I got, I saw that it was like maybe like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. We had just gotten out of church. Um, and so we were like, they was like, just put your phone up, get off internet, like don't even worry about today. Let's just have a day. Um, so we did that. Um, so of course, while we were watching The Office, I was calculating how I was going to take care of everything on Monday. Um, so <laughs> Monday morning comes around and I'll just like skip past all the nitty gritty, but Monday comes around by noon on Monday, I had chose, I had, we had changed wedding plans three times. I had secured three different venues at different points in time recreated three different wedding scenarios all in a day. Um, we're talking to you just like, whoever answers me. <laughs> like for real, I was like, okay, that one fell through because of the 50 thing, on to the next one. Like, okay, that one's secure. And then the mayor said something else. And I was like, okay, let's find the next one. Um, so by Monday afternoon, um, Babe and I had talked and we were like, you know what? Like we were now at a point where we couldn't have our closest people with us on our wedding journey. Um, and we were like, if we're spending all of this money, which we've already spent at this point, what's the point if we can't have our people there? Um, so that's when we made the decision to postpone the big wedding celebration. Um, and we were like, worst case scenario, we can get married in our backyard. My dad's a pastor. Like, we are going to get married no matter what. They was like, I asked him, I said, do you want to push the date back? He was like, no. 
because um, we had already pushed the wedding back from November 2019. And so he was like, we're not waiting anymore. Like, I just need to be married to you in this week. Um, I want to be your so, husband, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So at that point, Tuesday, we went to the courthouse, got our marriage certificate, which we were lucky to do that because it was like mere days before they shut down. Um, and then Saturday, I called my mom on Tuesday and I said, hey, we are not doing the wedding. I will work on canceling everything on my end or postponing to a new date, whatever we got to do. Um, at that point, I still hadn't heard back if we could get our money back on honeymoon. So like I was trying to deal with that. Um, so I was like, I need you to figure this out. Don't call me. Don't ask me questions. I'm showing up in Broken Arrow on Saturday to get me make it happen. Period. Um, period. Um, Hard period. <laughs> With the TT. Period. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's what we did. And um, so we got married in Broken Arrow. Um, we live streamed it for oh, a couple can hundred I just people. Tell you, I didn't tell many story about this live stream. Okay, so Chelsea <laughs> sets up a live stream for her wedding on this Saturday. Now, mind you, I, at the time, had an appointment still in Oklahoma City that weekend that you were getting married. So I was a couple of days after you getting married. So I was like, I'm going to drive to Tulsa because I had missed my dad's birthday. And I was like, before everything gets just shut down, I'm going to drive to Tulsa. Now, I didn't wake up in time like I wanted to because it's me. And if, long story short, you guys, I don't wake up before 11. It's just- Cause you work nights. I mean, it's not like- I work nights. I work nights. Yeah. So like, um, I didn't wake up like I wanted to that morning. So I hopped on the highway and I got to thinking, I was like, oh my God, Chelsea's wedding is going to be live stream and I'm still going to be on this highway. I'm still have like an hour left on this highway. How am I going to watch this live stream? I risked it all for you, friend, because let me tell you what I did. I turned this live stream on. <laughs> and I got to <laughs> and I took like this long way around so I could go through this town that I've never been in in my entire oh, existence my to get to Tulsa. And I had, and God, I had every red light, don't you know, during your ceremony. <laughs> He's watching out the corner of my eye <laughs> like this. <laughs> Cockeye trying to watch. <laughs> and I am driving in traffic. You know, God was with me that day. I just want yeah. you to know. Yeah. You you want to over. I, had, I had the right hand up, <laughs> the left hand on the steering wheel. <laughs> I was doing it, bro. Ooh. I was like, go watch this wedding. I had me tearing up and everything. So now I'm crying and driving and watching <laughs> this Oh my God. Beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yes, yes it was. The music, you know, the music always gets you. Mm-hmm. The little, little string quartet she had going. I said, "Oh, she's trying to make us ugly cry." <laughs> Coming down the aisle. Okay, so speaking she's of, make ugly cry. she gonna make sure we get emotional, right? <laughs> so, like, of course, it was just our family there. Um, when I came, like, I was, like, peeking out a back door, and I could see the whole church. Um, I could see the altar where he was standing, everything. So I was just, like, peeking until it's time for me to walk out. 
And before, there was probably like six steps before I got to my dad. By the time I got to my dad, I was already crying. We get down the aisle. I look up at David and I'm just like, oh, I just, just tears. I'm so glad y'all couldn't see them live because I was boo-boo crying. Um, but yeah, so I, and I, I shared our story on a few blogs and some other things. Um, I want you to talk about the tweet of all tweets that got you hit up by new stations. <laughs> oh, we going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, <laughs> gonna get there. Um, but no, I got, <laughs> I was just crying. I forgot to say, breathe, dang it. Um, oh, what made it special is like all a bunch of people like dressed up and made cake at home and had champagne and like posted in the group. So like after we got married, after we, you know, um, consummated consummated the marriage, took a little break. Um, we were able to re look at all of the comments and everything. Um, and that made it so special because now we have this Facebook group group that is saved and we can go back and look at all of that. It? Yeah. Okay, that's um, and so we were able to look at all of that. But yeah, and then like after the wedding, um, or even before the wedding, so I tweeted the night that hour that thursday night when i found out i didn't have a wedding venue that friday that i didn't have a wedding venue and i tweeted and i said where's rudy gobert's bitch ass i don't have a wedding venue and um the news station (laughs) saw my tweet and so we were on the news um and the news station came out and like did a story about our wedding um, and that was like bizarre. And then after the wedding, I got contacted by three different um, blogs that have been created for people who are having weddings during COVID. Um, So now we are featured on a couple different blogs. Um, One of them is just like about wearing your dress on on your wedding, even if you're having a smaller wedding, because I did. I actually decided the morning of our wedding day to wear my actual wedding dress. I wasn't going to. Um, I had two other dresses that I was going to choose from, but I woke up that morning and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't get to have my quote unquote dream wedding day, but I'll be damned if I don't wear this dress. Um, So I wore my dress. He wore his tux. Again, Um, period. Period. Um, Two of my bridesmaids were there so they wore their dresses um and we just did the thing and it's crazy because it's like I never would have thought that that would have been my wedding day but now two months out like I have no regrets um and it's crazy to say that because it's like yeah all that money that was spent in like stressing over like all the details of the wedding and it's like I can't even imagine what my wedding day would be like other than what it was um at the end of the day, I got to marry my best friend. At the end of the day, we're man and wife, and that's all that matters. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> and so it's like, if if that's how we start out our marriage, going through something like that, and that didn't break us, then I mean, bring it, you know? Um, 
and it's been it's been insane since then. I mean, from being featured on local blogs to there will be a feature featuring Netflix very soon. We will talk about that on another episode when things are released. But just slid that in there. Um I how could I not? I <laughs> um coming soon. Um <laughs> but yeah, like things that I never would have thought because of my wedding. I would have been speaking to digital marketing producers at Netflix. Like, what? Like, what is that? Um, so it's it's not just that, but like starting our, our marriage under quarantine for the first two weeks of our marriage. And, and what that's been like. And it's every and little thing. And you guys thing. didn't live together no. previously. Before and not marriage. Just, like they, not they didn't even live just, together, you guys. So they get married, <laughs> live stream the wedding, move and in together, and locked out. <laughs> yeah, and not even just like we didn't live together, but like we didn't even, for the majority of our relationship, we didn't even live in the same town. And we only saw each other on weekends because I was in Masters. I was in the NBA. So we only saw each other. For the whole two and a half years that we've been together, we've only been seeing each other for one to two, possibly three days a week. Um, we've only been together overnight like three times when we go out of town for something. Like we, this is by far the longest amount of time. Within the first week of our marriage, we had never been together that much ever, and. We were together under quarantine with no option to go anywhere. Um, so it's it's been a blessing because like all the little things that I was concerned about and stressing about, and I mean anybody who's been married can say that they had doubts. They they had their moment where they're like, oh my god, what am I doing? Oh my god, am I sure? Like, what if this is a mistake? What if you know all the what ifs and what all of those things. And every little thing that I was concerned about was reaffirmed within that first week. All the little things um, that I wanted to see or feel um, for myself, for him, whatever. This has caught, like, going through something like COVID showed what things were trivial and what things weren't and, and where I was concerned um, with the way he would react in heart situations. We've never been through anything, especially through anything crazy like this. Um, and, and I got to see what happens when the pressure is really on. Um, and we made it through with fine colors, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's for, for me, it's been all about, since we got married, I've been all over Facebook and Instagram and Twitter searching for other couples that are going through this. And just like, I've been in all kinds of people's DMs, like letting them know like, hey, I'm on the other side of this. Stop paying attention to what your mother-in-law wants or what your mom wants. Like you need to do what's better, best for you and your bride or even your groom or you and your person. Like if, if this has shown me anything, it's just that one, the wedding industry is so freaking ridiculously expensive for no damn reason. 
but also like at the end of the day, your wedding day does not matter. Your marriage matters. So go marry your person. Have the party later. Don't put it off because if if COVID hasn't shown us anything, it's shown us that life is short. Amen. So why are you don't go wait a whole nother year to marry somebody because you want to have a big party. You don't know that they'll be here next year. You don't know that you'll be here next year. Yay. Um, so I've just been trying to help other people as much as I can and give what little wisdom that I have from going through this situation um, and hoping that it helps other people go through it too because it's a crappy situation to be in. I mean, right. on one hand, you're it's like you're losing something that you've been waiting for. And then there's also the guilt of like, there are people dying and how dare I cry about a wedding, you know? So it's like, there's so many feelings wrapped up with it. And it's just like, feel what you're feeling and and have, give yourself the room to feel what you're feeling, but also know like you should be able to do what's best for you and what's gonna make you happy at the end of the day. Um, And the details don't matter. Can we talk about three things real quick from your story? Yeah. Resonated to me. Number one, bosses who value people. Like Caroline, Caroline is top notch. I adore her, but generally bosses who during this time are valuing their people and their mental health and, you know, the things that they are going through just like, all the praise, all of the, like, the love and support to them. Yeah, yeah, I'm there, yeah. I've seen people doing things as, like, as far as time and productivity, like, you're not expected, if you have three hours a day of actual productive time, that's all you need to be clocking. Yes. And that's so important right now. Like, there's no reason to expect the same, especially people who have kids. I can't even imagine. I can't. I can't even concentrate. God, it's over there. myself and with my husband. And like, I have the added stress of knowing that I have to be done with all anything that needs my brain power, I have to be done by the time David gets off of work because I have to go sanitize because he's an essential worker. So we got to sanitize. We got to make sure that our household is safe because he's in anywhere from five to eight households a day. So I got to make sure that we're safe. And so like my productivity after a certain time of day is is just non-existent. So I got to, and not just that, but I have to make sure like, Food is prepared in, in, in advance of him getting home so that I can clean things and blah, blah, blah. So I work from seven to two. And so like, even within that, those hours, I'm not expected to put forth the same amount of productive hours as if I were in the office. Because there are the life things. Being at home is different because it's like you know that there's three dirty dishes in the sink that have been driving me crazy and like and I now have not only am I living with someone for the first time in many years but I now have two dogs so I gotta let dogs out and I've never had to deal with dogs so like putting dogs on it's been raining all week so I have mud in my house and it's driving me crazy I can't focus on work because I know that there's mud all over my wood floors and 
And so I can't even imagine if like four people with children. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's such an important thing. Like bosses that are have been, I've seen bosses who are requiring some kind of mental um, health practices for for their um, employees, and I think that's really important right now to have that type of leadership. Yeah, man. That so so that's my first question, and then um, two more. Just uh, part two: the power of the car cry. Come on. Girl, look, when I tell you, when I tell you, I have done some ugly crying. The ugliest. In the car. <laughs> and when people drive past me, they can only know what I'm going through because my windows ain't tinted. And I know I'd be looking crazy. <laughs> Let me have my moment, okay? Let me do me. And I will have a whole conversation in the car, too. It's the ugly cry in those moments where you got to talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Or talk yourself in and out of something. Woo, come on. I love me. But yeah, there's around. something sacred about having those four walls <laughs> where you can just let it out. There's nobody else. Like, it's just this contain. And I have that time from point A to point B to just cry and I can hit the ground running and get my shit taken care of. Oh, come on. These furlough moments will have you in a place. My mom always says something like when I'm going through something, she said this to me, like a, oh, probably a year after I got out of college, she said to me, she was like, Brianna, she was like, sometimes you have to go through some things to get through some things. And it hits me like anytime I'm having a hard moment, I think about that statement because I'm like, sometimes you really have to go through the mud to come out clean on the other side. Like you really have to take the time and to confront those things within yourself, especially in moments like this. I've noticed that that's one of the big things about being home for me. Like I just, I had to have a moment of clarity for myself. Like I had to confront the things that I was neglecting in my life and what I've been too prideful to admit about myself. And when you talk about like bosses and those car cries and stuff like that, it just brings me to, it was basically my furlough week. Like I ended up being furloughed for a week and my bosses, I remember they called us, they called every single one of us. They had conversations with us that whole entire week up to my furlough week. They sent us care packages. I mean, they were just like checking in on us and like taking moments. And, I w- and I'm not used to that. Like I have been in this state since probably the beginning of the year. I started working for them in January. And I'm not just used to my boss like calling just to make sure that I'm okay. Like my boss has been doing that. And I think it's so weird. And I answer the phone so funny and I feel bad sometimes because I'm like, well, what do you want? Am I not doing something? Am I not working? Am I, do I need to get something done? Did I forget to do something like on my last shift? She's like, no, Brianna, I'm just calling to make sure you're okay. Like, I know we're all in this space and that we're all going through this together. And I just want you to know that we're here for you. If you ever need anything, you need to talk to someone. We know that you just moved here. And I'm just like, you guys are beautiful people. You're beautiful people. I've never had an environment like that. Those bosses in don't my work history. Feeling that will be for us and for like generations beyond us that we can tell each other like you don't have to put up with bs in the workplace like people are still people like i know that we're in this business and we're trying to make money and stuff but we 
are still humans. We're still spirits in this flesh, you know, like that is, that's so healing. I'm so glad that both of you have that. I have that as well um, in my life, um, but I for sure a thousand percent did not five years ago. <laughs> it would have been... Tell me? <laughs> um, Girl, I, five years ago, three months ago. What, how long have I been here? <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> what is time? Who knows? <laughs> you know, I don't even know. Um, and then, uh, oh, my third point was just um, women are just the best creatures on this earth. Like the fact, Chelsea, that you have gone through this and you're now taking time out of these infinite hour days that we have <laughs> to go back to other brides like seriously to go back to them and be like hey like I was there you will get through this I'm sure that you will never know the blessing that that will give to those women trying to go through this time and just women empowering women is it's just the best thing of life to me. Mm-hmm. Um, such a gift. It's such I a gift. For that. Especially during that time, like when you're becoming a wife. Whew, if you're on the if you're on the path to becoming a Proverbs 31 woman, mm. it's rough. Oh, come it's on, somebody. Rough. Mm. You better quote the scripture. Right. Uh, so yeah, I know that I know that that um I know that that fills them and empowers them in a way that you will never truly know mm-hmm. how that blessed them. So good job, sis. Me being a, a two and a half. <laughs> oh my God, we talking Instagram. No, like, that wedding that I did on Friday, I shot out. So I'm a professional photographer for those listening. Um, one of my side hustles. So I've been doing some COVID weddings. Um, at a deeply discounted rate, and for like because it's just you know, I when we got married, I had a photographer, and I reached out to a different photographer to just cover like our smaller wedding, and it was at a rate that it was just not. It, it wasn't going to happen. There was just nothing that I could do to pull out an extra $800 in a couple of days when I don't know if I'm getting money back on my honeymoon. I don't know if I'm getting back money back on my wedding. I don't know where, and, and, and I have to plan on what happens if I don't have a job next. So I've been doing what I can to help brides in that, in that position as well as a photographer to like, this wedding on Friday, um, I get there and the bride was like, hey, we are behind on time because her, her dress had broke. I think she had like a rip right next to the zipper so they couldn't close the back of her dress. And so she was just like, I'm so sorry. Like, if you need to bill me, let me know. Like, it's going to be, we're going to have an hour delay and they had only booked me for two hours. And I was like, you're dealing with Corona and get, trying to get married and now you're dressed like, you know, like you getting here, period, was probably hell. And what type of person would I be to be sitting in here when you don't even have clothes on because your wedding dress just broke? 
trash, a trash person. That's and I'm gonna sit here telling you that you owe me more money for waiting one hour. Girl, I ain't got nothing to do but go back home. <laughs> I, I literally don't. So I was like, no, I'll go downstairs and drink until you're ready. Like there's stuff in the fridge. I'm gonna go downstairs. Let me know when you're ready. I'll go take some more pictures of your decor and your rings and shoes and all of that stuff. I'll be here. She's like, I understand if you have to be right at 5 p.m. I, like, no. Like, how trash would I be of a human being to do that for somebody? And for that to be what's expected makes me it's sad. sad. Yeah, it's it's sad. And so it's just like, I don't care about the money aspect of it. Like, I care about you having something to remember this day by, because that's more important. That's why I became a photographer, because I came from my family who couldn't afford it. So I will never have my prices at a point where people can't afford it. I will always talk to my brides, always talk to my grooms and say, hey, what can we do? What do you need and what is your budget? And we will make it work. Because that's more important to me. I have a day job that pays my bills. This doesn't pay my bills. This is my play money. I ain't got nowhere to go. I can't play with this money right now. So let's do what we got to do to get you what you need for a day that's already been written. But I, it's, just, it's just so sad to me that, that that's what people are dealing with right now. And like she told me, like, I was the fifth photographer they had talked to. And they had gotten, like outrageous quotes before and that breaks my heart. I understand that we have to run a business and photographers have life as well and bills to pay and blah, blah, blah. But at what point does the human aspect factor in? Come on, somebody. We're going through a pandemic. I'm not charging anybody full right now. I I wouldn't be able to sleep at I mean, no shade to anybody else if you are, but like that's just how I feel about it. Like, I I can't do that. I would not feel good about it. What do you mean? <laughs> um, Bree, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about like what it was like to go through being overload and like how that affected you and like your process through that. Yes, sis. You are muted, sweetie. You know, I always meet myself in these situations. Um, just cut that on out. Um, but I was actually, I think I got the call. We had, we were talking about it. It was like me, you, we were on a little Zoom call with the girls. And I had gotten a text, like a random text. It was my day off. And I was like, what's going on? I feel like something's happening. I just felt it in my gut. And so when I hung up that Zoom chat with you guys, I um, called one of my managers, my EP, and she was just like, hey, she was like, I know that you're off work, but some news went down uh, today. And I just, I wanted to call you before you read it in an email. Um, and I wanted you to hear it straight from me. She was just like, um, we're going through a tough time right now. Cause I don't know if anyone is familiar with the news and how, um, a lot of income comes from like ads and sales and stuff like that. And a lot, so during when every one, all the businesses shut down, you know, they pulled all their ad spots and that's a big part 
of what makes the news money, like all those ad spots, commercials. Um, are, I'm glad like you clarified that because I was wondering like yeah. how that affects the news stations and like where your money came from. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. So when that happened and um, they were just like, we have to find ways to basically save our company. Like we, we can't pay everyone um, right now. I mean, it's just, I mean, everyone's hurting. So what we've decided to do as a company before it, before it gets bad, like they, I, I felt like it was a big precaution for them to do. I mean, it's helping, but it's just like, but they were just like, before it gets bad, we don't even want it to get to this, this space, the place where we have to let people go. So what we're going to do is we're going to have everyone furlough for a week. Um, all the big people up top to pay cuts and they explained it and they broke, broke those things down. But of course I skipped over that stuff <laughs> because I was kind of in shock at the moment um, hearing, hearing about it over the phone. But um, I just kind of, at that moment I was like very, very calm because I'm one of those people. I just don't, I don't, I don't freak out too often. Um, and I kind of like stay in a space and I, and I will never kind of like, I'm just not a yeller and I don't like, that's just not my process. And so she, when I got quiet, she was just like, I mean, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, do you have any questions? I was like, well, not at the moment. I was like, I'll probably freak out a little bit more when I get off the phone with you. Um, but right now I was like, I'm just kind of, I just got to, you know, read through it. I'll look at the email, see what's going on. And she was like, well, um, we're just going to do it for a week, which thanks the Lord. Like I, I still had my job at the end of the day and I'm very, very grateful um, that we essentially just had to choose a week between now, well, between at that time, early April and the end of June, just take a whole week off where we're not allowed to touch anything work-wise, like just completely check out, not allowed to check email, anything. It's, it's just like, you just have no job for a week, basically. Um, and at the time, I, like I semi-freaked out because I immediately texted you guys because I told, 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 you, Chelsea, and Laura, and everybody, like, I would let them know, and then I just kind of sat there for a second, and I semi-freaked out, and I had to uh, just kind of take a moment, but like I said, at the end of the day, um, I think for me, what it was, is I literally had just moved here, like, I had been here two months, and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Did I move here, and I'm going to lose my job? Yeah, that was my first I took, I took a chance on Dallas and I just got here and I'm by myself. And I was like, am I going to lose my job? And I think that, that was where I was at with it because like, they didn't say that um, it wasn't going to happen again. They were just like, for now, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to see where we're at when everybody gets back from furlough. So um, I was just kind of sitting there like, wow. Um, okay. And I just had the rest of the evening where I just kind of freaked out the rest of the evening. And then the next day I woke up and I was just like, okay, it's only a week free. I'm going to try to treat this as much like a vacation as I can because I need rest. and I need those moments where I just kind of need to check out of news anyway. I was kind of run down at the time. Um, and I think I chose to go on furlough. Like the, I think the second week they had weeks available and I was just like, I'm doing mine right, right off jump. And Thank God for me that when I first moved here, I moved in with a friend who was about 45 minutes outside of Dallas. And I had the opportunity to, to save a good amount of money. So this came at a time where I was 
completely comfortable with being off for a week. Like I, I wasn't hurting for money. Um, not having a week's worth of pay wasn't going to affect me not being able to pay my bills, car payment, all that stuff. If I had gone that first week. So I was like, let me knock mine out first because I'm good. So um, I just honestly just tried to like block it all out and treat it as much as a vacation as I could. And there were moments in the day where like, I'm really not getting paid. I'm really just sitting here not getting paid. I'm sitting here trying to watch TV and I would, I would literally pause the show and be like, you know what? I am not making no money. You feel me? <laughs> then I had to unpause my show. Like, all right, let me go get a, let me go get a glass of wine or something. You know what I mean? Like have me one of them car rides. Where I'm about to go take myself a crash, shoot, you know what I mean? But um, I just, for the most part, just try to stay positive. And like I said earlier in our conversation, I was just, I just needed to find clarity in some of the things that I was doing um, and just kind of look back on the reasons why I came here and why I chose this career and um, just put some things in perspective for myself as far as like what my goals were going to be coming out of furlough, coming, coming out here in the very first place. Um, and like I said, just things that I had been neglecting in my life, like I had a chance to put energy toward those things, you know what I mean? And just kind of take a moment where I, you know, it's okay to rest. It's okay to just kind of sit down and like step out on faith and just believe that in the end, you know, everything's going to be all right. And I think that's just kind of one of the things that I held on to is just hope that it's just a season that we're going through, you know what I mean? It's not going to last forever the season that we're dealing with and that we need to you know walk through and and get through and I think um for me at the end of the day furlough um was something that was just kind of a blessing in disguise almost for me like I just I needed that time and I didn't realize how much I needed it until you know I clocked back in you know eight days later I was just like wow like I'm refreshed my mind's clear I was like I'm fully concentrated on my work and everything that I'm doing I was like low-key um, furlough, definitely a blessing in disguise for me, to be honest with you. Um, but like I said, like, I remember I got back on and one of my coworkers was like, how was it? You know, cause like, I was like one of the few that had done it. I was like, you know what, you guys legit vacation. You know what I mean? It sucks not getting paid. You know what I mean? You have those moments where like, you're like, dang, I'm really over here making zero dollars, but that's all right. But, um, I just kind of, I try to encourage my team. Like I went to like, they were all asking me and I was just encouraged. I was like, you guys take the time that you need, like work on things that you're passionate about. If you want to sleep, sleep in. Y'all know we've been going through it. Like, um, I was telling people, I was like, check on your news friends. We're tired. Like we understand <laughs> that y'all are mad at us and we're trying to put the information out there and be as truthful and honest as we can. You know what I mean? And I, I, I feel it, but like at the end of the day, like there's someone behind the computer, there's someone behind those comments that you guys are leaving and, and people are being nasty to us. And it, it's exhausting because my job is to read through those things into peruse. I mean, like I have, I'm the one, like I have to hide and block people. And like, it's, it's just a lot. So I was just telling people like, check on your news friends. Like I needed that moment to like check out because this coronavirus and the hours that, you know, we were working, I felt like I was just typing hours on end, reading hours on end. And I just needed a break. So um, I was telling them, like when I got back, I was telling a couple of them that I was trying to, I was like, y'all just take the moment, just have fun. I literally used, I was just like, have fun. 
Listen, like, that's a word. That's a word for everyone. Not me. News industry, like, and let's not forget your news brothers and sisters who are being attacked by the administration for being fake exactly. news. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you are doing exactly. a whole industry, sis. <laughs> yes. Um, and I feel like people sometimes my family forgets that I work for the news, and they're just like, "You know what's going on in the world?" I'm like, "Y'all, you know, I read this twenty four." Seven. I've died. You know what I mean? So I think what you said was really important. Like you needed that time to rest. And I going through, so we had our like we called it a homing um week off. Um and just going into like that break. What and the whole quarantine time because all of my extracurricular professional development and all those other things that I was involved in are canceled or postponed or whatever. And I feel like having that break has been very good for me to be able to reevaluate, like you said, um, why am I doing these things? And I think. Obviously, I'm speaking from a place of absolute privilege to not be worried about bills and, and such. And, right. And, and rest is, is a good thing for us. Um, I think it's good to acknowledge that, like, we are blessed to be in that, in that um, position. Um, but I, I think, I, and I hope after this is over, we can do better about being more balanced and requesting more balance from our um, employers, from the people around us. I, I yeah. hope that we, that life is not just like it was before. Can I, I tell I really you on like a little gem, a little gem that my four-year-old goddaughter told me today. I was, um, I saw them for the first time in two months and I was just so happy. But I think I forgot what I, I even forgot what led to the conversation. But I, I said something to the fact, uh, I was talking about Corona and she goes, she literally looked at me and she goes, I don't think the virus is here to make us sick. I think the virus is here to make us um, spend time together. She's four. Oh. Out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> That's exactly what I said there. I said, she didn't know what that statement meant, but I, and I was, I was on Snapchat at the time. And I think I like caught her statement. I, I was just like out of the mouth of babe. I say, will you say it again? And she just repeated herself. <laughs> She's just like, I said, the virus is here so we could be together and spend time together and I said beautiful child my goodness mm. that's it and I said that you and I said you are absolutely correct that's so beautiful sweetheart now if a four-year-old can understand that let's just hope the adults can understand that too Exactly. And I saw something the other day because, you know, we all joined TikTok. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Which guy is the TikTok queen and one of the, the reasons TikTok that I world. on there. Can you tell y'all, and I haven't even made a TikTok video, but I'd be on there until 3 a.m. cracking up in the bed. I'm like, I'm going to be home asleep. 
But people are so funny. People are so funny. And the, and the, the creativity that comes out of TikTok, I'll be in tears, crying laughter. But it brings me to this point where, like, this girl, I was watching her video the other night. She was like, just because we are all available, we all have time, doesn't mean that we're available. Just because we're home doesn't mean I'm free. Just because I'm laying on my couch and you're trying to call me, you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. And then, or like if I'm texting you and you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And then you try to FaceTime me or call me. You bet not. I didn't want to talk to you. I was just, you know, let me have my face in my moment. And I said, girl, I felt it. I felt that in my soul. And that's what I'm talking about this this time where I'm just like, I just needed some space of quietness because I'm like you I'm like the one of the biggest extroverts. I, I get my energy from people. I love being around people. But I did not realize how much quiet time that I needed to just chill. Just chill and yeah. not talk to nobody. Brie, what's your Enneagram number? Eight. Ooh. Is it seven? Is it eight? The wing is seven. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me the numbers. So yeah, that makes sense. All right, you're a nine one, right? I think it's an eight. Are you an eight? Peacemaker in this thing. I'm a nine. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of energy. Um, before we end the episode, we like to have an energy check. So, Sky, we will start with you. What are you giving energy to this week, and what are you denying your energy from? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I feel like, well, first and foremost, my energy right now, after having this sisterhood moment, my energy is real good. Like, it is so well in my soul right now. Um, so I apply yeah. to you guys for Yes. Great, <laughs> don't get me on here. Y'all be ready to cut me a record deal. Don't play with me. <laughs> well, I did talk to Issa, so <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I am giving my energy to this week. Let's see. I'm giving my energy to fitness this week. Um, I just started, um, not just started, I'm a few weeks into um, a postpartum um, exercise routine that's um, kind of bringing my abs back together since they were destroyed having a baby. Um, so I am working on that and then just this is my last week to teach dance. And so That's a thing. Listen, it's called hey, Wait a minute. You wait a minute. Yes, listen. You said you say that and keep going and like we do you yeah. can see the way that I'm feeling on my chest and my, my hands went right here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not only your vagina that gets to be destroyed. <laughs> I didn't even think of, I mean, it makes complete sense, but I did not even think about that. So it's called diastasis recti, when your ab muscles don't 
like go back to normal. Um, and not every woman has it. I think it's like one in three or one in four, but, but mine did and my mom's did. So I knew that I was likely going to have that. So, um, so it's just like a different way to think about movement of your body and breathing and things like that. It takes a lot of the stress of like planks or sit-ups or push-ups that kind of make your abs bulge. Anyway, all of that to say my, my focus and my energy is going to be on fitness this week and figuring out where I want to shift my movement and my energy since this is my last week of teaching dance and I'm not going to have any more. I'm not going to the gym around all those people not wearing masks. Are you masks. teaching like a dance class or you're doing your fitness class for the last one? Uh, Saturday is fitness. Ooh, go ahead. Break out that sweat that last day. <laughs> I took one fitness class. You hear that one? Look, I took one on accident. <laughs> when I was on accident, and then, um, you know, I had a free Saturday morning. You, you feel me? I had a free Saturday morning. I said, let me go. I went to on accident and I only went because my brother and his girlfriend were in town and his girlfriend at the time was a professional dancer like she is in music videos and stuff so she they were visiting from LA so she wanted to come because she had seen me post about dance class so I just saw hip-hop and so I thought it was her regular hip-hop class and it was hip hop fitness. Then you think in your head, I don't, know, I don't know. In my you. head, I thought it was gonna be like, what, what, what's the one with with Billy Blank? I thought it was gonna be like Zumba. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was gonna be like some Tybo action. I thought I was gonna be like kick, kick, I'm um, beating stuff. No, no, no. Like, we about to be here grooving with some Zumba no, no. Tybo situation. <laughs> and when I tell you, my brother who has a eight pack and is in great shape. And his girlfriend, who is a professional dancer, who dances all day long. And then my fat self, we was tied. <laughs> you know, I had a moment where, like, I was, I was in there, wasn't nobody in the room. I had a moment where I was looking at this girl, and I was like, you ain't tired? Like, she was going, and I was like, boy, I'm about to roll over. I said, Sky in here. I'm just looking at Sky at the top of the class. Like, I'm about to cuss Sky out. Like, I don't understand. I you know. Here's well, the I thing. don't even remember the song. song. Like, why are we going so no. fast? One song came over, and everybody said, Burpee song. And I said, ooh. <laughs> yes, that's the song I'm talking about. Chelsea, you knew exactly where I was. I said, what is happening? <laughs> and there's some veterans in the class, right? So I'm like, they really up in here hopping up and down, up and down on beat, yo. And I'm like, y'all don't want to lay down. to stop and show me what the fat people do. Like, <laughs> give, me my, give me my alternative. What you doing? I'm not, what my body's going to <laughs> what is the modification for this move that I'm doing? What, mod. Mod. <laughs> when I tell you I got to my car and I said I I I don't even think I took off for like 15 I minutes. Have walked for three days after that. Like, I remember the text messages. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I laid out on that couch. I said, don't, I don't want nothing. I don't want y'all to do nothing. I think my friends came over and I just stared at them. I said, y'all go ahead and come on in the door. It's open. I'm about to be sitting here. I don't even remember what happened the rest of the day. Like, that's where I was at. I was like, I was useless, bro. I was like, my goodness. And I, what was it, Saturday? And I had to go to church the next day. I'm living in church like I done been out at the club or something. God from the seat. 
looking crazy. God okay, bless. Guy, guy, what are you denying your energy from? Oh my gosh. I'm denying my energy from haters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are in Oklahoma City. We didn't need to discourage y'all. You are in Oklahoma City. Is this going to come out before Saturday? Oh, it doesn't have to be in Oklahoma City. It's all over. It's on Zoom, right? Yeah. Oh,
Long story short, I found out that my car did get towed. I found out that my car had been towed. Can I tell you how many days my car was towed? And I had no idea because I've been working in this house. How many? Almost four whole days. Stop it. Lord. I'm not even playing with you. And you know. Did you take out the trash? Like, and you know. This is what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened because this is how I didn't know. So, like, I am off, you know, the, at the beginning of the week. So, I parked my car on Tuesday. I work Wednesday through Saturday from home now. So, I go in the house on Wednesday. I'm not coming back out unless I just like to walk around and take a breather. And I go on the other way, not in the direction of my car. So, like, when I go outside, I'm, like, either on my balcony working or I'm just, like, heading straight down the steps. I'm not even looking at my car. So... I asked the lady, I said, what time, I said, well, what time did, well, what's going on? When did, when did my car get here? Why haven't I been contacted? And that's where I'm with Jesus. Because I was like, you mean to tell me somebody called and had my car towed at almost 9 p.m. at night. And I'm just not finding about it on Sunday morning. Like, aren't they supposed to call you and tell you hey. your car gets towed? Like, thank you. Thank you. Because that's where the yeah, Jesus almost That's where it almost came out of me. I went full, I almost was full petty. I, I almost was full petty. I let the Lyft driver have it, though. He was on my side. I had to go, I'm lifting. He better. He was on my side. And he was like, oh, man, they did you wrong. They did you dirty. I said, yeah, sir, hide me on up, sir. We're going to go in here. We're going to figure out what happened. We're going to talk to these <laughs> tow people. And we're going to find out today. Because what they're not going to do and by the grace of God, made me cuss up in here in these streets. I ain't had to cuss somebody out in a long time, but I'll do it. So I walk up to there, and I'm like, at that point, it had been an hour, and I had calmed down. But anyways, long story short, she had told me that. She was like, yeah, she was like, um, the tow company picked it up Wednesday night. What they're supposed to do, this is what she said, what they're supposed, supposed to do is um, contact your leasing office let them know that they towed this car from this particular lot for this particular reason your leasing office is supposed to send you an email contact you or call you if that's your vehicle right and i'm like it's been four days i heard from nobody i said well what are you but then i'm like let's back up i said well what are you supposed to do because you're the one with my car so why don't you contact me or call me or email me or something oh well we sent a letter now, y'all mean to tell me in 2020. It is the year of our Lord 2020. What you mean a letter? Y'all gonna send a letter in the mail to let me know my car got towed. Let us take at the very least three business days. So you would have had my car regardless <laughs> for two to three days. Y'all done bamboozled everybody up in here. So you charge by the day and you gonna send a letter and you charge by the day. I'm looking, I'm like, now does that make sense to you? But they're doing the job. Why couldn't they pin a, a letter to your door number? To the door or something? Right. Like, or even, you didn't leave a note in the space? You didn't, like, tack it on and be like, this is, this was so-and-so's car with you? Y'all, I was hot, bro. And I said, and I had to take a moment. I had to take a moment. I looked at, I didn't even get to look at her because y'all know at this tow place, this window was blacked out. I didn't even see who I was talking to. I'm just speaking through the speaker. I said, ma'am, I don't mean to be frustrated. I said, I know it's not your fault. 
I said, I know you're just behind the thing. You just needed to hand me my paperwork and I'm signing. I'm just frustrated at the whole situation. I said, had I had not had plans today, I wouldn't have went outside until the next day and would have been charged again. I was like, that's what's crazy to me. I said, it's the communication. It's the failure to communicate. And I'm trying not to be petty. So that's what I'm trying not to be my energy on because they about to hear from me. I know it's Memorial Day today. You're better than me because my payment yeah. for next rent would come with that ch- with the, with the receipt it's Memorial that. Day they ain't open Chelsea I'm going in there in the morning you know so pray for oh, I'm not I'm, t- I'm deducting whatever the cost you had to pay for my rent and I'm gonna attach that receipt to my rent payment and I'm gonna say see attachment for but why again, you ain't getting all the money but again, it, it comes it comes back around to in a time like this you about to you gonna call to tow someone's car when we when you didn't, you didn't know if I didn't have a job. You didn't know if I didn't have the money. It comes back to being the humanity of it all. It's like in a time like this, you cared about a parking spot that bad. There, when I tell y'all there are spaces open where I live all the time, you're barely walking to the door. So it's like you wanted this one space that's newly reserved, I found out. Because I was like, because they told me I was in a reserve spot. I was like, that's reserved I came here today it looked fresh as new I said so somebody moved in and reserved this parking space I wasn't paying attention because I always back in and I like parked there every now and again so I didn't even look at it so I was like so it's newly reserved at that so you moved in just the time and was that frustrated that you could park in the space next to it because it's always open too Girl, Kirk Karen, uh, near you. And my energy's not being You got me on here. Babe. Let me let it out on here so I don't be petty. Let it out, boo. Let tomorrow, it out. You know what I mean? Go find Karen. Cut this out if you need to, Chelsea. I just wanted to. I'll cut it out. That was Karen. I know she did it. <laughs> I just wanted to share. But yeah, I'm not trying to. In a time like this. That's, that's trash. Y'all care. Okay, so for me, let's see. I am giving energy to wellness this week. Um, As you both know, I was recently diagnosed with lupus, which I am still not accepting. Um, But even without accepting that diagnosis, I've just had like a few complications, especially in me being home is not very helpful um, because that means I don't move around a lot and so when I don't move around then my joints start to lock up on me and it's very painful for me especially in the morning so it takes me about an hour and a half to be able to like move around regularly in the mornings Um, but anyway so I'm giving energy to this week to wellness to like really listen to my body and see like what it needs. Um, I'm trying a new prescription this week, which I picked up today. Um, and I'm hoping that helps a little bit, but really just listening to my body, trying to get more active um, and doing what I know I should be doing, not just sitting around because it's, it's hard, but I shouldn't use that as an excuse. So I am denying energy from um, feeling like I don't have options. Um, the word. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So not sitting in that space where it feels like I'm operating from a place of lack. Then I integrate from that and instead finding solutions to the issues that I have. Sky, thank you so much for joining us this week. We appreciate you so much, Sky. Thank you so much for sharing your video seven. I'm so glad to be here, you guys. I know this is only episode number three, but y'all are about to... I mean, just set it off. And so many people are going to get life from this. I cannot wait to see where this goes. This is going to be so amazing. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you so much. From your mouth to God. (laughs) Amen and amen. (laughs) All right. That's another episode of Grown Women. Thank you, Sky, again um, for joining us. And thanks to listeners for tuning in. And always remember, if there is not room for you at the table, break the table's legs on your way out and make a bigger one elsewhere. Period. Period. All right, y'all. We out. Yeah. Peace out. Until until next time.